The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Friday, October the 2nd, and we are going to break down the barn burner. That was the Jets and the Broncos. You know what, John Breach and Ryan Wilson? Do you know how some people have described that game? A hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. That's right. That's what someone described television this week as. Jets Broncos. Isn't that amazing? Oh, yeah. I got that. I got that clip there. That was good use of that. Way to go. Thank you. You know what the thing is, though? This was like a dumpster fire where the fire. (laughs) line from Jake Taffer. I'm sorry. Where the, where the fire goes out and then you find like a hundred dollar bill inside of it and you're like, that wasn't that bad. This was, I thought this was going to be miserable. I was going to fall asleep by halftime and all of a sudden this turned into a shootout, uh, where I think Twitter was cheering for Adam Gase to get fired the whole entire fourth quarter. He's not getting fired. Uh, Connor J. Hughes of the Athletic, as Wilson noted in, uh, Slack has reported that the Jets won't be firing anybody. As I've said repeatedly. Tonight, tonight or tomorrow morning is the whole tweet. Just so Uh, so it could be Monday, I guess. I, I don't think anybody fires any coach in season. It's just bad form to fire somebody in the middle of a pandemic. You say that, but, and we talked about this on the HQ show, which, um, you should watch because we're on there Monday, Thursday, Friday. Me, I'm on Wednesday too. Yeah, but me and Breach aren't, so that doesn't matter. If you want to watch, if you want to watch us with our fun Super Friends takes, Monday, Wednesday, but Monday, Thursday, Friday, four p.m. to four thirty p.m. CBS Sports HQ, free on your Amazon uh, Fire, Apple TV, Roku, Roku. If you have a, I, have a, I think we have a CBS PlayStation, Xbox. So a lot of smart TVs just have CBS Sports apps, which is pretty. Your cool. iPads. By yeah. the way, the the Broncos won thirty seven twenty eight. Uh, at the end of the game, Vic Fangio did not shake hands with Adam Gase because Garrett Ball, who's ushering Garrett Balls off the field because Garrett Balls was furious that, uh, <laughs> Brett Rippin, or as Steve Smith likes to call him, Brett Ripkin, uh, was <laughs> taking multiple huge shots once the, the, the Jets went offside. Look, my larger point here is that Adam Gase is a clown. He's not getting fired, but he is a clown. He is. Here's a question for you. Are the 2020 Jets worse 
than the either the 0 and 16 Browns or 0 and 16 Lions. Well, worth noting, um, your buddy Bill O'Brinson on Twitter sent sent this out during the game. Um, no, our, that, our, our Will Brinson's hairpiece on Twitter. No, Will Brinson, your local neckbeard is his name now, but at yeah. Bill O'Brinson. Uh, he said, got a question for the Pick 6 Pod listeners. Who's worse, Hugh Jackson or Adam Gase? And then, Brinson, you just threw in. Who'd you throw in? The, the Detroit Lions 08? Marty Morningwig and the 08 Lions, yeah. Not Marty. That wasn't Marty. That was um the old-timer defensive line coach. He was a head coach of that team. Really? Yeah. What's his name? Anyway, um, who's worse, Hugh Jackson? The Hugh Jackson-led Browns or Adam Gase-led Jets? That was the original. Rod Marinelli. Coach. Good call. Yeah. Oh, Good defensive line coach. Yeah, you're right. Um, Adam Gase in a runaway victory. Maybe this is recency bias. I don't know. According to the Twitter poll, sixty-five percent think Adam Gase is, is a uh, is worse than Hugh Jackson. Which, wow. look, man, Adam Gase is is at least well. He won games in Oakland, and the Cleveland Browns were the worst thing to happen to Hugh Jackson. Adam Gase has been to the playoffs his first year, but after that, he's not had a winning record. But I don't know. This is half a dozen of one. This is tough, and it's a lose-lose. I would actually have, rather have Rod Marinelli. I feel like his players at least respect him. Rod Marinelli's a good defensive line coach. Yeah. Marty Morning was 0-1 and 0-2. He went 5-27 and with the line. If we're only comparing the 0-16 Browns, you know, we're not comparing Hugh Jackson's entire coaching career. We're comparing one season to one season. I'm going to say that 0-16 Browns team was better. Their first four games, they started off 0-4, obviously, they went 0-16. They lost two games by three points. Very well could have been 2-2. Two and two. The Jets have looked helpless. This was the only game where they even showed a sign of life, and they were playing a team that had to fly two time zones on a short week and was starting an undrafted quarterback. And any other team in the NFL would have won this game by two touchdowns. Adam Gase and Greg Williams put together some game plan and let Brett wh- rip them tear them apart. If Pierre DeSir wasn't on this team, the Jets would have lost 45-15. to 15. Counterpoint. It wasn't those 2016 Browns. The 2016 Browns actually went 1-15, only beating the Chargers on Christmas Eve. It was the 2017 Browns, the encore performance by Hugh Jackson, that actually went 0-16. So I would say that while I think the 2020 Jets are worse than the 2017 Browns, I think Adam Gase, if he goes 0-16, and I think there's a pretty good chance he's going to, uh, or at least doesn't win a game until he gets fired, He's a worse coach than Hugh Jackson. Yeah, I mean, look, this is not a conversation you want to be in, okay? I mean, that's that's where we're at on this. I he, will say literally every player from the Dolphins who left the Dolphins or stayed with the Dolphins, Devontae Parker, has exploded. In turn, the Kenyon Drake had a monster year last year. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, one come, didn't even come back player of the year. He's like a borderline MVP candidate three weeks in the season. Got paid. Uh, Devontae Parker had a monster. Like everybody who gets out from under Gase's shit. Like Sam Darnold's going to win football games somewhere once he, once, if he doesn't save the Jets. You in, know in, in Pittsburgh with the Steelers, if, uh, Juju Smith Schuster gets his wish. That was my prediction, what, like weeks ago. You know, what's hey, funny? were you talking to Juju? I, I was uh, on the HQ video show that we did at 4 to 4.30 on, on, um, on Thursday. I was actually saying I was excited to watch Sam Darnold play because, he will be somewhere else almost certainly after this year if they have the first overall pick to Trevor Lawrence, yada, yada, yada. Look, I know it's not all his fault, but some of the decisions he made Thursday night were unacceptable for a third-year quarterback 
that hit he took where he, he separated his shoulder and somehow <sighs> Maxwell came back in. Lawrence Cager was running wide open on a slant with a safety standing in the middle of the field, 40 yards behind the line of scrimmage, and he did not throw that pass. That cannot happen yeah. for a third-year quarterback who then goes on to get hurt, and you have to see Joe Flacco. Forgot Joe Flacco was alive. I'm glad to hear that he's still doing okay. In, in, well, I mean, in, well, the story all's defense. Nobody knew Lawrence Cager was alive until Troy Aikman pointed out that he was running wide open in the secondary. Uh, most people probably thought he was the villain from Cliffhanger. Your Brenton. <laughs> That's funnier than you're giving it credit for. How uh, many people listening do you think have seen Cliffhanger? A movie from 1993. I watched it like two weeks Although, ago. Although it's, it's a good movie. I'm not going to lie. Say, they use the F word a lot in that movie. Like, That's, like that was when I went through my Sylvester Stallone phase. He had Demolition Man around that time. That was a strong early part of the decade for well, him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, let's not forget 99 is like a, this is peak pick six podcast. Yeah. 99 is an <laughs> epic year for movies. I think it's in a lot in the line of fire too. What's um, the um, Sly Stallone movie where he gets stuck in a tunnel like he's working in New York City? What's I think it's just called Daylight. Is it, Daylight? it might be Daylight. Well done, Breach. I know my Sly Stallone movies. Wait, was what? it 99? No, it was 93. Cliffhanger came out in 93. 93? What are you talking about, Breach? I, I, no, I, I said 93. You yeah, said you 99. Said. Get out of here, Brinson. Oh, okay, and, and the reason I knew that is because Ace Ventura 2 mocks it in the opening, and that came out in 96. So that came out before. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, but the one thing I do want to say to Ryan's point about how Darnold was missing throws, how do you feel if you're Jets? Wait, wait, oh, before we move on, just can I, can I read a couple of movies from 93? Because it really <laughs> Jurassic Park, Mrs. Doubtfire, The Fugitive, Schindler's List, The Firm, Indecent Proposal, Cliffhanger, Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia, and The Pelican Brief, just to name a few. Big year. That is pretty Ryan. ridiculous. That is a strong year. That's so, like a decade of movies in 2000, like 2000. And every listener under the age of 26 has seen like two of those. I made a teen Probably wolf Mrs. joke. Probably Mrs. Doubtfire. I made a teen wolf joke on Twitter. Uh, on Thursday night and I got a bunch of like, you sleep 12 hours a night? That's ridiculous, old man. Yeah. And you're like, LOL, I have a kid, huh? <laughs> I was like, I don't I slept 12 hours. All right, Breach, continue with your I Sam was just going to say about Sam Darnold that it's not just that he's missing throws. Dude, you're the number three overall pick. You just got outplayed by an undrafted free agent who had to start a game on three days' notice. I mean, if that's not rock bottom, if that doesn't say you need to get out of New York, it shouldn't be the Jets thinking about getting rid of Darnold. It should be Darnold trying to figure out how he can get out of this relationship because he's being destroyed there. So I'm having my agent. I am doing whatever I can to get out of New York if I am Sam Darnold because if he wants to save his NFL career, uh, he needs to get out of New York ASAP and not be playing for Adam Gase. In, in his defense, he does have more rushing touchdowns this year than uh, Saquon Barkley. I will. That also is true. Say, and if if the Jets want to move him to running back, will then I'm fine with that. But if he wants to keep playing quarterback, then he's got to go somewhere else. Well, also, in all in all seriousness, to um to Ryan's point about and, and to your point too about getting out of New York, I think my concern would be. So I mean, and this is easy to say as like somebody sitting here in a old toughy Ropat, which you can <laughs> see on YouTube.com/slash/pick6, um, but. I, I feel like if I were Adam, if I were, if I were Sam Darnold, I think you have to know that Adam Gase is probably getting fired at the end of the year. Like you have to be realistic and know that, right? If you're texting with your parents, people, like people you trust, you're like, man, this guy's got to be getting fired. Um, I don't think I would even consider, and I know that he's not going to get a giant extension offer, but like I'm not even thinking about signing extent, an extension until I find out who the next coach is. They ain't offering one. They're taking Trevor Lawrence. Well, this leads me to a question from a loyal podcast listener, Jason Embry, who said, you're the Jets. You have the number one overall pick. And Sam Darnold, what do you do? 
I mean, come on. What are you talking about? You're taking Trevor Lawrence. Well, and the I best think part. Sam Darnold's a good process. I, I, I am not giving up on Sam Darnold. Well, here's the best part for the Jets. You take is that it, it does not often work out where like contracts line up, but they don't have to decide on Darnold's fifth year option until May and the draft is in April. So if you have the number one pick, you're taking Trevor Lawrence and then you have Sam Darnold for one more year, 920,000. You basically got the cheapest number three overall pick you're ever going to get because you're not picking up his fifth year option. That's where quarterbacks get really expensive because that's going to be 25 or 30 million. Uh, boom. I, I, like I do think if they're number one overall pick, it's because Darnold was their quarterback. They're taking Trevor Lawrence. Breach, are you trading Sam Darnold if you're the Jets after taking Trevor Lawrence? Or with the intention of taking Trevor Lawrence maybe before I, the draft. I mean, I, if I can hold get... on, and let me finish. Uh, second round pick. Yes. Like okay. Yes. Mm, really? If I have Trevor, Lawrence, I do... I'm just uh, yeah, I'm second round pick, absolutely. Well, just a just a, a hypothetical here. You could, in theory, keep him for his fourth year. You could also, in theory, pick up the fifth year option, which you can do, which is is for injury only for Sam Darnold's class. So you can you can decline it if he as long as he doesn't get hurt. You could pick up the fifth year option. Just I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think it's injury. I think no, the only, new CBA only the class, no, only the class that came in with that CBA. So Darnold is a part of the new CBA now. It doesn't matter if he got drafted before it. It was only yeah. ones that had their option picked up. The I wish Bleep, I wish was, Bleep was here because he's, he's in law school now and maybe he's finally <laughs> read the CBA. He ain't doing All he does is tweet about Arsenal. It's and unbelievable. Study. This guy leaves the NFL podcast. He leaves a cushy NFL job. Where he works and like like sleeps all day, podcasts a couple hours like at night, and he leaves it to go to law school, and all he does is tweet about sports. I've never, never seen an L one do less studying. I t- did, you, did you see what I said to him today? So I'm oh, going to wow. mail. I'm going to print out all his tweets. This is <laughs> setup. So I'm gonna print out all his tweets and mail them to his parents. He was like, "Well, maybe you should just mail the T-shirt." I was like, "No, no, no that's the joke." The package will show up for me, and they'll think it's the T-shirt, but it's actually the envelope is just stuffed with printouts of your like 10 p.m., 11 p.m. tweets. Where you're setting your parents' money on fire no, by no. not studying. You should use the T-shirt as the envelope to put in the, the papers with the tweets. Wrap <laughs> the tweets in the T-shirt <laughs> and put a label on it. Uh, all right. Anyway, this is this is incredible. But I, I but my, uh, here's my argument: you you pick up Sam Darnold's fifth year option because it's in. Injury only or whatever. I don't care. The Jets have tons of cap space. The Jets are not going anywhere for three years. You draft Trevor Lawrence. You have Mekhi Becton. You, you need to pick up some skill position guys. You have some pieces. You get a new head coach who's offensive oriented. He comes in. Sam Donald has a good fourth year. And then instead of letting him walk a la Drew Brees, you can trade him for a first round pick. Because he's under contract for the fifth-year option, which is a cheaper option. You're so not drafting have- Trevor Lawrence to sit on the bench. He is playing day one. And you get a second round pick for Sam Darnold. You turn that into offensive lineman and you're not waiting around to see what happens. I just think, I mean, I'm just saying that you could, what if he has a terrible year? And then he just walks. Get what you can for him. Move on. Start over. Fresh start for everyone. This is a breakup where you, you go to one college, you go to the other college. Don't well, try to date while you're at, dating from a distance. And Brenton, in that case, I think that means you have to get the trade done at the end of April, early May, before the fifth-year option deadline so that the new team can decide and you can take that into account where, hey, you know, maybe we don't want a second-round pick. Maybe we want a first-round pick because you can keep them for two years instead of one and then figure out what you want to do. But you don't have like a week or two window to get that deal done where the new team would be able to decide on the option. Also, uh, Darnold has a sprained shoulder, according to 
PFT. I don't know. Also, he had the longest touchdown run of any quarterback over the past three years. That's when I knew this game was to be crazy. The first Shout possession out to uh, your boy on the preview podcast, with RJ White. I said over under eight and a half rushing yards for uh, Sam Donald. Mash that over, baby. It was a free cash on the first possession. It cashed. I would yeah. like to say got a bunch of tweets. The, that is the earliest a uh, Brinson prop has ever it's got to be that's not even a joke that's not even making fun of Brinson that is the opening possession like that's was it insane. first or second second possession was it first or second first first it was yeah because in fact my wife was what whinging about something and um I was, so, uh, I was like quick... I gotta go work man and I finally got to my office and all of a sudden Sam Donald it was the first play I saw was Sam Donald busting through the the, the line it was on third down Ripped by the way off, when you go uh, back and watch that play try to figure out what Kareem Jackson's doing there He's trying not to get penalized. He thought Darnold was going to slide, I think. Yeah, that's Josh Allen even pointed out on Twitter. He's like, whoa, the fake slide. We're going to see Josh Allen using it because he he kind of stuttered like he was going to slide. If you're a defender, you're not going to get that 15-yard penalty unless you play for the Jets because they got like six of them. Uh, But that touchdown run by Sam Darnold, 46 yards, was the longest touchdown run by a quarterback in Jets history and the longest touchdown run by any quarterback in the NFL since week two of 2017 – when Deshaun Watson score oh. a 49 yard run against the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, how long was Mahomes' <laughs> playoff run? It all, it, all the stats are regular season when the NFL tabulates. Mm. That's just how it is. Dumb. Tabulate it. So let me ask you this, Ryan, this question is for you because on all things covered, the, uh, excellent NFL, the second best NFL podcast at CBS sports with Brian, maybe, maybe it actually might be the best. It probably is better. It is a little annoying that it's already better. Uh, Patrick Peterson, Cardinals cornerback, and Brian McFadden, our buddy and uh, former, of course, Pittsburgh Steelers DB. They had Juju, two-time Super Bowl champion. Yes, they mentioned that a lot. It's always weird when you go on with him because they're like, oh, no, two-time Super Bowl champion. You're like, oh, yeah, I did. And it's like, no, nah, that's not. And old toughie himself, Will Brinson. I know. That's, right. the, that's the bad part. It's two-time Super Bowl champion and this chump I have to sit next to. And the guy every, wearing every... a hoodie. And uh, who, who's here for the pick six thing? It's like, oh, Brenson, yeah, Brenson. Um, anyway, Juju Smith-Schuster was on that podcast, All Things Covered. Highly recommend you go and subscribe to it. In fact, even if you're, like, on the fence about listening to it, do us a favor as a, you know, do, podcast favor is what I'm asking for you. Go try it. Go go subscribe. Just hit the subscribe button. You don't have to download. Don't care. Just go hit the subscribe button as a podcast favor for our friend Brian McFadden. Um, we, you know, spread the love around the family. Juju Smith-Schuster was the guest. They had Juju Smith-Schuster, and they also had this guy named on the show previously. So, like, they're killing it with a guest. Juju said, Sam Darnold, if we could get him to Pittsburgh, I would. Ryan Wilson, my question to you as a Steelers honk, what would you give up right now to get Sam Darnold in Pittsburgh with the understanding everybody's on board, Big Ben knows, Sam Darnold's like the long-term future, you don't have to worry about it, but you can bring Sam Darnold to Pittsburgh now you have to make the call as the as you're you're Kevin Colbert. You make the call to uh, Joe Douglas. What are you offering him? I'll give him a second round pick. It'll be hopefully uh, mid to late second round pick because that's where the Steelers are headed at three and zero. I there are concerns about the decision making, but I mean clearly the athleticism is there. He is a playmaker. I would imagine he is, you know, quote unquote seeing ghosts because he's been running for his life for three years now, and you know I, I get that. But um, is he better than Mason Rudolph? Yeah, 
He's a lot better. He's a lot better than Mason Rudolph. Duck Hodges. And if you're picking, you know, 25 or lower in the first round, you're not going to get a quarterback that can come in right away and play. Maybe you get Trey Lance, a kid out of North Dakota State, but he's been playing FCS. He's not even playing this year except one game, this little um, showcase game that's happening this Saturday, which is a whole weird thing because of the pandemic. I, I would take Sam Darnold. They both, Roethlisberger and Sam, both have one more year in their deal. Sam's got the fifth-year option. And I don't envision a situation where Roethlisberger plays beyond 2021. I mean, who knows? But uh, I think having a backup plan that is Sam Darnold is, is a lot better than the alternatives. Here's the other thing, and I wrote this down. We didn't get a chance to get to it for the uh, Pick 6 uh, show on, on HQ. But So here's some teams that aren't terrible that might be in the Sam Darnold business. The Steelers, the Saints, the Colts, the Pats, and the Bears. Those are all teams whose quarterbacks' contracts are up next year or the year after. And, of course, we know that the Saints, I mean, the, the, the Bears probably are done with Mitchell Trubisky. Mm. Bears, I think, have traded all their future second-round picks for tight ends. <laughs> um, the Pats are in the divisions. So that's a little bit tough. I don't know. It's hard to trade a quarterback in your own division. Like, you trade your former first. And again, this is all predicated on the Jets getting the first overall pick. If they don't get the first overall pick, I don't like, would you, or they say they get the second overall pick. Would you trade Darnold and take draft Justin Fields? I don't think I'm, I, and I haven't watched enough Justin Fields. He's only played well, one season. Yeah. Well, he'll, he'll get to play, which is great. They start, um, this month now that we're in October. Yeah. So we'll get a better, better look at it. He did a great job in year one, but there's some things that he needs to do to get better. And I think guy. Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect. That's probably Andrew Luck. I, I would, I, I think the three guys are Luck or Peyton Luck and Trevor Lawrence. Joe Burrow. Oh, Joe Burrow. Yeah. But Joe Burrow was just one year. Joe, Joe Burrow is awesome. I, I think Joe Burrow is a franchise quarterback. I, I would, if I ball. were, I told you I'd take him third overall if I were drafting quarterback, if I were drafting or doing a do over draft right now. I will say this, sort of to follow up on what Breach is saying. I said in April after the draft, early May, that Joe Burrow, I would take over Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence had an up-and-down season last year, started slow, and then got That's a mistake. Got much better. Yeah, Prisco and Brady agree with you. but um, Lawrence is awesome. Brady, Joe, Brady's great. Brady, Brady. Burrow is great. Joe, Joe Burrow is really, really good, and he is playing behind the same sort of offensive line that Sam Tarnell is. So we'll see. I mean, Trevor Lawrence in New York and Sam and Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, it may not look much different. But I, well, I look, look, it's a good reminder too that like at a certain point, you can't do. It doesn't matter how talented or how skilled you are. Brady and I, Brady Quinn and I talked about this on Tuesday. Like he, he, we, we were talking about. It's always weird, like asking him, you know, asking somebody about their like if you could change something about your career or whatever. But like, if Brady had come out a year later. And had been drafted 18th overall by the Ravens. I mean, is, is, is he like, does he make 160 million dollars? And is he a borderline? Like, are people you know people having the elite debates about Brady Quinn? Does, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you, you know, know the, he he get he got injured. Like, he had a foot injury. There's a whole like so. There's a whole. I think he hurt his hand. He his hand on someone's helmet early in his career. It's just a whole confluence of events that usually mean if you go to Cleveland, you're doomed. I mean, that, that, well, that's sort of my point. Is like Sam Darnold went to the Jets, and they have had. Multiple GMs, multiple head coaches. They've stripped everything down. His number one receiver for most of his career has either been Robbie Anderson or Jamison Crowder. And I love Jamison Crowder, but come on. Braxton Berrios, Le'Veon Bell, who they signed, who isn't healthy. Their defense, they traded away Jamal Adams, for, again, for multiple first-round picks. I get it, 
but you're losing your best defensive player. They have uh, CJ uh, Mosley, who they signed for a butt-ton of money, opted out of the season. That's fine. That's their own personal thing, but you you lost your two best defensive players. They, By the way, Jeff, and Jeff Schwartz pointed this on Twitter. Makai Becton was too hurt to be the starter. So they listened, and this is their first-round pick this year. A first round, raw but very talented dancing bear left tackle. He's been, he was awesome. He's been awesome. He's clearly a very good draft selection, but he wasn't healthy enough to start. So they made him a backup and then jammed him into the the lineup or jammed him into the onto the field when their starter got hurt. If your first round pick isn't healthy enough to start, he doesn't need to be playing. Period. End of story. That is coaching malpractice. He came in on the fifth play when. Chuma got hurt, and then he came out in the second half because he was too hurt to play. And they right. they had to. I don't even know who the, the Adam Gase sucks. He sucks. I, I mean, just believe. imagine that at another position. Imagine the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is injured, and Andy Reid's like, Andy Reid would never do this. He's he's like, you know what? Patrick's not going to start because he's too banged up. He comes in on the fifth play, and then ends up leaving in the game anyway because he gets injured. Like you would get just. Imagine, imagine what you would do if Joe Burrow had a shoulder injury. But he was like, right. like, and, and they're like the he, he's going to suit up. Don't even suit Like if your quarter, if somebody, an important oh, piece of your organization is injured, leave him out. It's a short turnaround. It's only three days. If he's not right, he's not ready to play. Oh, and three. You know, you suck. <laughs> and, and, by, and by the way, is there a left tackle for the next 10 years? Why are you trying to screw him up? How is Joe, I, if I'm Joe Douglas, like I'm not, I'm not firing Adam Gase because I'm pretty new at the job. But I'm like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? Like, you didn't run that. I mean, so they run that by the GM. They run it by the owner. Like, I know it's it's a game day decision. That is coaching malpractice. You know what else is coaching malpractice? And we're, we need to get to a break in a second. But third and four in the red zone. You have the ball. You're the Jets. This is a game you really need to win, unless you're trying to tank and get the first pick. By the way, before you finish. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is 20, uh, trending on Twitter at 12.40 p.m., 12.40 a.m. <laughs> after the game. Of course. Adam so, Gase calls a play that involves a wheel route no, to yeah. 37-year-old Frank Gore on third and four in the red zone. How'd it work out? It, it was incomplete. <laughs> Frank Gore, by the way, 37 years old. He's been playing in the NFL for almost 20 years. He has less than 500 catches in his career. Frank Gore is awesome. I think he should be a Hall of Famer. He's been grinding every like he he's out there grinding his ass off. He ain't a pass catcher. And you're running a wheel route. He has 15 catches in the two years he's played with Adam Gase. You know he's not a receiving guy. What are you doing? And 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 to add on to that, because we keep talking about how bad how badly Adam Gase coached tonight, and that you know it's a shock he's gonna keep his job. I'm gonna really put into perspective how I said perspective, but I was like, I thought you said respect. Back in my throat. I'm putting like into, put perspective into perspective how badly Adam Gase coached tonight. Okay. First of all, the Jets scored two touchdowns. One was on a pick six, which has nothing to do with Adam Gase. The other one was on a completely broken down, random, rocky, rocky, lucky. I can't even talk. You love ours tonight. I mean, you, wait, did you, did you just try to claim that you didn't miss say perspective? And then come back and say lucky, lucky, lucky. Lucky, we're gonna bleep out all the R's. All right, so, <laughs> you're so the, uh, you had you're... Sam Darnold's 46-yard broken touchdown run, and you had Pierre Desir's pick six. Those were your two touchdowns for the Jets. Absolutely nothing. 
Uh, in the fourth quarter, we had fourth and inches. You're, you're 28 to 27. You're trailing. You go oh, for I it. I disagree with this one. I, yeah, fourth and go inches. Ahead. Okay. So they kick the field goal. Fine. They're up. But if they get the first down, you're running time off the clock. The other one was right before halftime. They had first and 10 from the Broncos 20 yard line with 34 seconds left. Two timeouts. You have a few, you can still continue your drive. Instead, the Jets took three shots into the end zone. They weren't even trying to get five or 10 yards to get closer in the end zone. Yeah, two timeouts. You can literally call anything you want and three incompletions because you went to the end zone three times. I mean, he went to halftime with a timeout somehow. And he went to halftime with a timeout because they didn't look for anything underneath it. Like, and the, the Broncos weren't even trying. They were going after Darnold and they were protecting the end zone. The, the, the underneath was there and, and Gase wasn't calling the plays. Darnold wasn't making the throw. And your only receiver is Jamison Crowder who only works underneath. Like, what are you doing? It was what awful. are you doing? So it, is, to, it was just well to add on to it. Bad too, decision after bad decision. The Broncos score. The touch, the Melvin Gordon touchdown. They go up eight. They kick the extra point. They go up nine. After that, you're, you're down nine. Okay. And Sam Darnold gets a crack at it. They go four and out. The Broncos get the ball back. There's a minute and like three seconds left. And the Jets have three timeouts. And I understand that Herm Edwards famously for the Jets said you play to win the game. No one wants to give up, but we're in a GD pandemic, man. You're down nine points. If you do the math, there's going to be 13 to 20 seconds left on the clock. You're not going to score a touchdown, convert an onside, an onside kick, and then make a field goal in the span of 13 seconds. So maybe be a gentleman. Don't call your timeouts. Case, of course. They're taking knees. The Broncos are taking knees. They're like, hey, look, man, we're taking knees. Like, let's get out of here. Your turf sucks. No one else gets hurt. Let's call it a day. Gase is squeezing the timeouts on Vic Fangio, and they're like, are you kidding me? And Fangio that's why Fangio was mad, not because of the hits on Rippin, but because of the timeouts. Because I don't think you can be yes. mad about the hits on Rippin, because you're calling the pass plays. You don't have to call these pass plays. Right. You could have punted it or kneeled it. So I don't think you'd be mad about that, but you can absolutely be mad about the timeouts because the, the result of this game was not changing. I mean, like, I understand that if you get the ball back with 13 seconds, something could happen. But, like, we saw it on Monday night. John Harbaugh got the ball back. Down two scores against his mentor, Andy Reid. And Andy Reid ran a play on fourth down and threw it out of bounds. Harbaugh took a knee. It's football. It's, you gotta win. Also but, it's, worth it's a, but like, like, you gotta have some decency. Coming it's into this common game, sense. Coming into this game, the Jets had scored over three games, 37 points. They weren't going to magically get red hot and, and burn, you know, right. roll, roll off 10 straight points in this, in the span of 45 seconds. So. Uh, yeah, last, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Last thing on this game, by the way, the Jets scored 28 points, and Sam Darnold went 23 of 42 for 230 yards. How is that even possible? And he ran for 84 yards. He really? I got one more thing too. If they don't want to fire Adam Gase, maybe they can let Greg Williams go. Uh, you had six personal foul calls Ugh, on your defense. They look completely undisciplined. And the biggest play of the game to me for the Jets wasn't any of the dumb stuff that they did on offense and, and stuff that Adam Gase was doing. It was with five minutes left in the game, the Broncos had a third and six from their own 29. The Jets had Brett Rippon dead to right. It's going to be fourth down. They're going to have to punt. And the Jets are winning 28 to 27 at this point. Quinn and Williams face masks, Brett Rippon, 15-yard penalty, first down, 
The Broncos then march down the field, get the go-ahead field goal, and it's game over. If you don't face mask Rippon there, and, and there were three Jets players there. Rippon was not getting away. He was getting sacked. Sacked. And so if that face mask doesn't happen, they are punting because they're at their own 29-yard line, fourth and six, and you're the Jets. You're going to burn a lot of the clock off, and you you probably win the game at that point. And so you lose because your defense just kept making dumb mistakes, except for Pierre Desir, who actually did make a dumb mistake when he didn't pick off that pass at the end of the Jerry Judy touchdown. Yeah, he should have had three interceptions. Adam Gase, they showed a Zoom call on NFL Network. That's why I pulled my my earphones off. They were like, (laughs) what what did you think about, uh, you know, Fangio seemed a little bit upset about that. uh, Some players were taking shots. He goes, "Uh, I've known Vic for a minute here. I'm sure we'll talk. Yeah, they were on the staff together. Explain yourself. In Chicago. Chicago. Right. Yeah. 2015. Yeah, the, thing, the thing with all right, all right, we got we to get a break. We have to get a break. <laughs> screaming at me for 20 minutes to take a break. He said it was 20 minutes, 20 minutes ago. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the team that won the game. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Just kidding. We're going to talk about the Jets and Adam Gase some more. Uh, no. Do we do want to talk about the Broncos? I want to say quickly about Quentin Williams, who Breach just talked about. Well, I want to say it before the break, but you won't shut up and let me let me make my point. <laughs> well, you wouldn't uh, shut up and let me get a break. Yes, of course. Appreciate I take full responsibility. Yeah. Uh, what what you interrupting say? everybody? By the way, I'm just so much. I know. I, I, I can't remember the exact phrasing when he called him called him a clown. I can't. I have to, we have to get that drop. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we can do that drop. Yeah, I don't think we get either. <laughs> so Quentin Williams made the face mask penalty um, in the fourth quarter in that critical play. Inside a train wreck. <laughs> yes, exactly. He also had a personal foul penalty in the first half when he put his full body weight on Brett Rippon. That was yeah. also a personal foul 15-yard penalty. And here's my thinking. Greg Williams, as we know, is the bounty gate guy who got suspended because he had that stupid uh, French beard and those dark rim glasses. Uh, and he was you know, trying to presumably, allegedly get people hurt. But if you're Nick Saban at Alabama, Quentin Williams is not doing, forget two personal foul penalties. He's not having one personal foul penalty. And it just makes you wonder what happens. What, what is Greg Williams doing? And Bree sort of talked about if you're getting rid of guys, Greg Williams might be a place to start because there is no coaching going on, uh, at least in terms of discipline. And it's just one train wreck after the next for the Jets who are truly and utterly terrible, the worst team <laughs> in football. What are you laughing at? I gotta give Kevin Boyard credit for this one. This is pretty good. Pick six podcast. If you get at pick six pod on, on Twitter, they, uh, you know, the Sarah McLaughlin, uh, animals. You will are, remember. No, 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 no. It's just like, is it, is that, is that the song? The one where they do for like the, the dogs, they come yeah, adopt the dogs. That's exactly it. Come on. Okay. Well, they, 
They did one for like they did the faces of all the Jets players walking off the field yeah. with that song. It's like one, call now one eight hundred Jet Help. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was that was poignant. Um, on point. All right, so Brett Rippin started for Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll. I was gonna say the Broncos, but yes. Who, by the way, who by the way came in for one play? As did yeah. Joe Flacco. <laughs> yeah, what was he doing out there? How do we forget about Flacco? I know. Driscoll came in for one play and got he got hit. I think it was personal. I he got, the, he got a nine yard game. The when Darnold got hurt, I was like, "Give me, I'll fade Flacco on Thursday night, baby." Actually, no. I actually I lied that the Broncos when Darnold got hurt, and then I realized it was Flacco that came in. I was like, "Oh my god, Flacco is going to torch me, isn't he?" No, um, Brett Ribbon, nineteen to thirty-one, two hundred forty-two yards, two touchdowns, three picks. I mean, who had a more up and down game, Brett Ribbon or Pierre Desir? Because there was a hot minute there where people were like. Rippin get like I was I was like Rippin's kind of slinging it. I mean he can. I I saw that. And here's the thing: he's Trevor Simeon when Trevor Simeon first came on. No, the no, no. He throws a way better deep ball than Trevor. Remember Simeon. when Trevor Simeon first came on the uh, scene? Oh, a checkdown machine. He's not terrible. First of all, Brett Rippin does not have a great arm, and we saw that when he tries to he he can't. You can squint, but you go back and watch. I mean, this is how he was at Boise State too. When he comes off that first read and he tries to force a second read, that's usually when Pierre Desir shows up and runs into the end zone, and, and that. <laughs> That what was, about that seven-yard touchdown that's pass to Tim Patrick, Ryan? Looked like that was a pretty good arm there. That, that I was thought a, he made some good throws. That was a great throw breach. It was also his first read against single coverage with a single high safety. So <laughs> well, see, but I, don't know that, I don't know that that's necessarily Brett Rippon has a bad arm. So much as Brett Rippon can't read progression. No, I no, I agree. I mean, we saw it with Ryan. We saw it in the Jerry Judy touchdown catch. He couldn't – he didn't have the arm strength to put it where it needed to be, and his receivers kind of bailed him out. But – you're an undrafted free agent. It's your first start, and you only yeah. had three days to repair. Like he, he played, played your whole career. If you consider the gr- circumstances, I thought he played great, even with three interceptions. That's right. I will give him. I will give him a B, maybe B plus effort. Yeah. But if we're talking about him being a starter, that's where I'm like, okay, let's calm down. No, 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 no. no. I mean, I do, yeah. Wait, Ryan, what about just, starter for the Broncos? And, well, and yeah. by the way, look, his, he had <laughs> yeah. two throw. He had two throwaways in that game that are. <laughs> Arguably right. the two worst throwaways in NFL history. What was the second one? The first one the I remember. The first one was an interception. I've never oh, the seen other that. One, right, the he other one was an interception the, uh... on a throwaway. Like, he didn't throw the ball out of bounds. The second one was, there was a, he had been told, do not take a sack. Whatever you do, do not take a sack. And so when the Jets got a semblance of pressure, he turned and fired it out of bounds without right. moving out of the tackle box. And, and when you watch the, uh, the replay, the XL 22, he knows that something he called the play. All the receivers are running right. He throws left where there's no one over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, they, they, they told him, and this is one of those, like, you don't need to know the play call to know this. They said, we are going to run a flood right. If your first read, your first read is Jerry Judy on this quick out. If he is not open, you throw the ball out of bounds to the left. And he saw that. He saw a little bit of Jets pressure and just bombed out of bounds. By the way, uh, uh, who's the offense coordinator? What's his name? Um, over it's, Browns coach. Oh, uh, Pat Shermer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Pat Shermer. He goes, okay, mental note. Tell him to throw the ball to the same side of the field as where the receivers are. <laughs> and, and he's right-handed too. So like, you don't <laughs> like, want to turn right. left and throw, like, like, <laughs> like you should know. What are you right? doing? I didn't know how yeah, to tell you not to throw just, it over there. You could, if, if, if the receiver, if you are running a right, like flood concept and you, you can look to your right and throw the ball and hit Mars. Right. And there's no grounding penalty. But if you turn left and throw it, you are banged. Um, but Ribbon, Ribbon was not, I mean, like, I think he exceeded expectations. One, one thing quickly on, on that, on that ball where he was intentional grounding. Um, and I'm surprised Breach hasn't jumped from the ceiling. 
Brandon McManus still came in and striped a 53 yarder, I think is what yeah, it was. Great. So, uh, and Breach actually said this on the, on the podcast show. Yes. Uh, expect a lot of great kicking. So I think Sam, Sam made his kicks and of course McManus made his kicks. Well, and, and you know, what's funny about you mentioning the intentional grounding is that both quarterbacks screwed their kicker once in this game because Darnold tripped over his feet and lost 13 yards <laughs> on third and four. And then Ficken had to come out and try a 54-yard field goal, and he nailed his yeah. just like uh, Rippon did to McManus, w- losing, I think, 12 yards on that intentional ground to make him try a 54-yarder, and he also nailed his. So it was uh good showing by the kickers, just as I predicted. I hope everybody had them in DFS. You well, probably won. Uh, actually, it's funny you say that, Breach. The guy who uh, – so first place in the oh, – let's see if it's the same in the – so first place in the main DraftKings DFS thing, there were 46 people tied for first place. And here is their lineup. Melvin Gordon, captain. And again, this shows you how random DFS is. Like Melvin Gordon didn't even have a great game, but broke off an insane 43-yard touchdown run that gave the Broncos the second half cover, blew the Jets cover at plus three. So and Melvin Gordon captain. One yard touchdown. Imagine if you were like the sole first place oh, yeah, person right. before that Melvin Gordon touchdown run. Oh, that's tough. So Melvin Gordon captain, Sam Darnold, Jameson Crowder, Tim Patrick, who had do you have two touchdown catches? Six one. catches and a touchdown. Sam Ficken, Brandon McManus. Well, I would like to note that Debo leaves us top fantasy performers notes. And I don't know if he is just doing this to mock me, but Debo, you left off the kickers, man. <laughs> you left off the kickers. Sam Ficken scored 19 points. That was the third best performance in the game. He's Here, not even uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Breach. Sam Ficken, um, go way back with Sam Ficken. So that, that's, that's my bad. <laughs> is, Sam, is Sam Ficken PSU? He is. Um, go <laughs> back to 2011. I broadcasted a Penn State game. He missed four wow. kicks versus Virginia. Four kicks. Never thought so he would so have bitter. a career 10 years later. <laughs> Hey, can we get that tape? I want to hear Debo do a Penn State game. That, that exists. That's that's out call, there wait, on the wait, internet. Who'd you call it for? That was in, in college, college radio. Oh, I was, I was a sophomore. First game I did, I traveled down to Charlottesville. Sam Ficken missed four field goals. Penn State lost by one. So that's that's a decade ago. And, and me. Is there audio hilarious. here blasting Sam Ficken? There might be. And that's a, that's a watch party we could like do on. on we should do like a, yeah, like we should. Well, now I know why you left them off the list, man. If you're still bitter about that, that's fine. That I would still be also. Second team All Big Ten in 2014. Yeah, he turned his career around. Had a game winning kick in a uh, in the Pinstripe Bowl, an epic Pinstripe Bowl. You know, everybody loves that at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> and Ficken is on his sixth NFL team. No, it's a remarkable. Um, like a lot of kickers, they they bounce around, and, and sure. you don't know if they're going to stick. But yeah. Um, sticking, ficking. Got to be careful saying that. By the way, uh, um, Sam Darnold, his post game presser was asked about. He owns the record for Penn State consecutive field goals made. All right. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Sam Darnold was asked about Adam Gase's job security and he said, I love Adam, but it's not my decision to make. So. Oh, shoot. I was swore there. That is (laughs) as crippling an indictment as you can possibly have. Well, he's telling the truth. He he loves his coach, but it's not his decision to to make whether he can fire him or not. But yeah, um, that ain't a, that ain't a, a you know a ringing endorsement. Man, Breach is dropping Shams bombs on us. I don't know. How, I don't know how Shams is dropping these bombs. How does Shams have in the, the political world? I know. Uh, can we play who is this? Shams. You don't know who Shams is? No. 
Are you serious? Yeah, you're so old. I am really. You know old. who Woj is? Yeah. Oh, this guy. Right. So this is the young fellow that Woj found back in the day. Yes. And then yeah. Shams. And now, like, there's like a war between Shams and uh, Shams and Woj. Oh, really? I didn't know about all that. Yeah. I saw his name the other day because of the NBA stuff. I don't follow NBA, obviously. And I was like, oh, I So everyone should follow CBS Sports HQ. You can get great content like this. Now there's, you know, there's already been a ton of speculation about Adam's security. I mean, how do you feel now? I mean, it's only going to increase now with, you know, and four. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nothing I'm worried about. I mean, you know, obviously, I love Adam, um, but you know, it's not my decision to make. Mm. That that is damning. That is on CBS Sports HQ. Well, I mean, some would call it breaking news, shocking news. Show me, show me the lie. Um, sorry, I'm trying to text with Pete Prisco about something. I mean, that is that's an indictment on, and that's what I, you know. What did I say earlier that Sam Darnold should be doing his best to get out of town? That's a good start right there. Like, uh, yeah, I kind of have my coaches back, but I really don't at all. That's that's what you're saying. That you know is funny when when you talk to people. Like, you know, when we see people at the Super Bowl or, or the Combine or wherever that have are in const- that have a lot of interaction with Adam Gase, to a person, they love Adam Gase. And, and it's sort of weird because they say Adam Gase, the person you see on television, is not the person you see when you talk to him on a semi-regular basis. So it, it's a weird disconnect, but there's no sort of getting away from the fact that at his day job, which we all get to watch, he is not very good. I've briefly Pete Prisco knows Adam Gase fairly well. Um and I I I haven't interacted with him in a, in a large degree. We haven't we barely talked about the Broncos in this podcast, but whatever. Um All right. We talked about but, Brett Rippin. He was yeah, the star seems, of the game. Maybe like seems like a good dude. But yeah, like he he's abrasive. He has bad play calls. He demands he throws people under the bus. He is not like, why would the Jets ever hire him? Knowing the media market, knowing his history of everything, like not even like, maybe you think he's a great coach. That dude ain't going to work in New York, man. And like, he's now Sam Darnold, by the way, friend of the podcast. He's been on this podcast. Sam Darnold's an awesome kid. He won't say anything bad about anyone. He's a stand-up guy. He blamed himself for the Jets struggles last week. Wait, so would you say his comments are absolutely a backhanded uh, insult? Like, yes, this is what this is not something you would expect from Sam Darnold to say. It's not up to me. I mean, like, I, I don't know what else you say there. Like, I mean, he said, "I like, I love." We say, "I like" or "I love." Remember, parsing it maybe, but either way, like, if Sam Darnold is saying this, it's it's over. Well, let me say real quick, because you said we didn't talk about the Broncos. We talked about Brett Rippon. I feel like he was the star of the game here for them. You know, like Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon did okay, but scoring one of your touchdowns and 43 year yards on that last run because the Jets defense was putrid. You know, before that, he had 22 carries for like 60 yards. You know, nothing. I I will say if he's your player of the game, Bradley Chubb's my player of the game. I'm surprised Brinson didn't jump all over that. I I thought Tim Patrick came out of nowhere. If we want to name. That was great. I mean, nobody saw that coming, and he had a huge game with yeah. a bunch of big catches for Denver. Yep, I agree. Tim Patrick, um, undrafted. I don't even remember where he went to school. Um, 
But beating nope. the Jets, you know, it just doesn't tell you anything because it's like you play the Patriots next week. What is, you know, here's what it tells you. You're, you're not winless anymore. So that's, a, <laughs> that's, that's, true. A good, that... that's a good start. And you get the sense that, um, the Broncos players have Vic Fangio's back. And as we've said, it doesn't feel like that's the case on the other side of the field. Yeah. And, uh, Tim Patrick went to the University of Utah. Oh, right. That's right. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, all right. Do we need to talk about anything else? I can't. I'm sorry. No, I, I think this Broncos team is going to get, be fine when they get healthy. They've had a ton of injuries. Darrell Casey's now done for the year. We know about Cortland Sutton. Is Vic Fangio a good coach? He might be. His players buy in, and you don't have to be a great X's and O's guys if you have X's and O's guys around you. We know he can, uh, he can coordinate defenses, and that's good. They have Pat Shermer to do offense, and then Pat Shermer can call, can scheme up for you offensively. And, you know, Drew Locke is hurt. We'll see what that looks like when he comes back. And, and hopefully we get an idea of how good he can be because, you know, that's what it all rests on. But I, I think the Broncos will be fine. I'm not just saying because I picked him to go to the playoffs. Yeah. I, I think they seem to be buying in. And the Jets are a train wreck. The Jets are the worst team in football, and I don't even know if it's close. I can't say that. Hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. <laughs> I, this is a, I mean, I'm glad somebody else finds it funny. I played for Prisco. He didn't laugh at all. I, like, I did recognize Tapper, a, CNN. I don't know. I didn't recognize Jake's voice at first. I thought it was from Parks and Recs. That's how insane that, that comment is. <laughs> and, and I Jake, do feel Jake like Tapper, it's, by the way, Eagles fan. Well, and, and you're fan. talking about Jake Tapper political. I do feel like it's fair to mention that we were recording this when it came out that Trump tested positive for coronavirus. And I think <laughs> the three of us kind of lost our train of thought when that news broke. Cause it was, it's the president yeah. of the United States. And you know, we're, we're a month away from a, an election. So that is a huge deal. Um, yeah. So that <laughs> if everybody seems kind of, uh, I don't know what's the right word, floozy, flaky. If, I, I completely spit. Ryan, Ryan couldn't think of where Tim, Ryan, like yeah, Ryan couldn't think of where Tim Patrick went to school. I can't pronounce like, my, my R's. I came out, I was like, why is Breach? Hold on, stop. Breach just said, I don't know I'm what that means. I'm wearing this giant red hat. Will you please shut up? Breach just said, I don't know how that makes us feel. Is it floozy? No, it's not floozy. Floozy is not the word that it makes you feel. Floozy? What is floozy? Exactly. Is that like respective? No, no, he, he, or Rocky? <laughs> he was trying to say, I think discombobulated and floozy was the word. That's a better word. <laughs> floozy. <laughs> I just Googled floozy. It's definitely not. <laughs> no, floozy means a hussy. You're like, right. A, it like means a, like a, a lady about town. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, there's a song called Flatfoot Floozy. You ever heard of that song? Great song. Hey, lady, in front of me. you're being discombobulated. That's a little different than that. Hey, ma'am. Please get off the street and stop being discombobulated. Do we think it's time for them to replace the MetLife Stadium turf? That, that we do mention that. Um, that it's a problem. It like Ryan, Ryan, you mentioned this previously, but like, I think your line was like, why would you not like, you're worried about investing to protect yeah. assets, right? Protect your players. You have two teams playing there. And everybody is coming up limp. Noah Fant was carted off, and I think he got hit in the – no, no, did he get hit in the knee? Yeah. But he, had, he previously had suffered an injury catching a ball, and then he gets hit in the knee, and then it's a serious injury. K.J. Hamler, hamstring. Dudes are, I mean, dudes were dropping like flies on that turf. Grow yeah. up, so Jets, part, Giants, and MetLife Stadium. Part soft tissue injury, which could be because of the preseason, as we've talked about before. And, like, the, the ligament injuries are, are a serious concern. And, look, Breach mentioned the Steelers and, you know, the, the – the stadiums in the Northeast that have grass whose turf go to crap, they change out their grass every few weeks once the, the weather starts turning because you have to do that. And again, if you don't want your hundreds of millions of dollars invested in players to go to waste, 
plow grass. It's much safer. Yeah. And Ryan, I think you made the, the best point about all of that where owners are looking at the price saying, Hey, field turf, I replace that once every couple of years. It cost me 500 grand. If I want to replace my grass field every so often, it's going to cost me three million. But what's that extra two and a half million dollars when you are protecting your investments that are, you know, if your salary cap's 200 million, you're protecting 200 million dollars worth of investments. So you shouldn't think twice about using that money to make sure these people don't get injured. Uh, yeah. So it is a little weird to me. If, if I don't know how many weeks you put up with this, maybe you give it another week or two, but you know, but if somebody tears their ACL next week, uh, that that's a huge problem. What lasts longer? Adam Gase's employment or, uh, POTUS's, uh, quarantine? Ooh, I think Adam, Adam Gase, cause you, you said no one's getting fired. So two weeks is all you have to do to quarantine. Yeah. I don't I, think Gase. I had a buddy, I had a buddy in town who got it and, um, I won't name him, of course. Yeah, it's not me. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> are you bald under that hat? That's all you wear in your toughies hat? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> um, you can't see any hair. Uh, but he, like his, the doctors were like, you need to quarantine for <laughs> until, like 10 days until you stop seeing symptoms. And like very, very vague. So what did he do? Two days and then went out and played golf with you? Yeah, I mean, when, you know, jumped in the pool and hugged and had beers. Exactly. Yep. That sounds no, he did. No, he's been, he had to sleeping outside, quarantine. He's two girls sleeping outside for real. No, no, no. he's, oh, he, okay. he, he was separated in his house. I mean, that's a, that's the, that's the interesting thing about it. And Debo is like, I'm getting like, like, like siren emojis from Debo, like in podcast, in All podcast. Right, before we go, I'm going to do one of my famous things where I prolong it by asking a crazy question. It's pretty that. simple. When do the Jets get their first win? Twenty twenty one. Next question. <laughs> I mean, look at the schedule. This is not. So the next five brutal. games are Cardinals at home, L, at Chargers, probably an L, hundred percent. Bills at home, L, at Chiefs, maybe an L. Uh, <laughs> against the Patriots, and then they get two games in a row against the Dolphins. I think that's their only shot. If they don't win one that's, of those games, when, when is the Dolphins by? That's a screw that's job. It's the same buy. It's the same buy. So, so they, so they both have the buy in between week those eleven, games. right? Yeah. Okay. That's All right. That's 11. fine. Then. If they don't beat the Dolphins, one of those two games, they're not winning a football game. And Raiders at can, home. Maybe they can upset the Raiders at home. It's an East Coast game. We saw, you know, the they Raiders travel in the East. No way. No, they can beat the Raiders. They, they, can't beat they the literally Seahawks. did it last year. Nothing has changed. They can't beat the Seahawks. They're not going to beat the Rams in LA. Maybe they can beat the Browns if the Browns don't mean to play for. Nah. No. Why would the Browns have nothing to play for? Are you crazy? Well, so they're, they're like going to need to beat five and the ten Dolphins in one of those two games, or else it's I, over. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yes, you're right. Maybe they upset the Chargers. I just don't see a team this bad in the NFL or the SEC. Let me ask you this: If I think the Jets get the number one pick, look at that schedule. I like. I think it's a lock. Not, yeah, that's not a. That's not a limit. I mean, who's their competition? The Giants. The Giants have. The Giants haven't even played any division games. And right. the Bengals already have a tie. <laughs> Who'd they, they tie? They eliminated themselves. Who'd the Bengals tie? Uh, I don't ask Debo. Bengals getting the oh. first overall pick would be a dream scenario for you. Oh, I would be completely fine with that. I mean, the obviously. Bengals, I mean, the Bengals should sit Joe Burrow and get the one, number one overall as pick. As long as Joe Burrow survives the season, I'm fine with that. But I mean, like, if you get the one, first overall pick, you're getting five first round picks. The Bengals year. are not getting Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Unless the Jets. Tre- wait, wait, what did you say? I said for Trevor Lawrence. Said, you don't need Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence. So uh, the, the stakes are upped because teams are going to offer you even yeah, more than yeah, they I normally would. I yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I thought you were saying or Trevor Lawrence. I was like, no, we, we uh, agreed. But now, would you, 
Let me ask you this, non-Jets related. If you had the number one overall pick for the Bengals and you could get Joe Burrow for – you could trade Joe Burrow for three future first-round picks – or no, this this hypothetical. Yeah, Here's a hypothetical. Work. Here's a hypothetical with two winless teams. One is the Giants, one is the Falcons. If either one of them get the number one overall pick, do yes. you take Trevor Lawrence. Yes. Both? Yes. The Falcons? You yes. run Matt Ryan out of town? Hundred percent you take Trevor Lawrence if you're the Falcons. That's a and Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers situation. All right, then Giants with Daniel Jones. Yes. I'd much rather have Trevor Lawrence than Daniel Jones. Yes. That's the question Whoa. you have to ask yourself. You, you fire Dave Gettleman, you yeah. take Look, if the Jets can take Trevor Lawrence, the Giants can definitely take Trevor Lawrence. You trade Daniel Jones for a third-round pick if you're lucky and move on. That's yeah. it. What are you waiting for? You yeah. could draft 12 offensive linemen, and Daniel Jones will be Daniel Jones. Like the guy's got a nickname, Danny Dimes? What, what are we doing? This guy can't hold out of the football. Now, let's Giants see. fans have lost their minds acting like this Daniel Jones is the savior. If Daniel Jones played behind the, the Packers offensive line, he would he would be better. I, I like Daniel Jones. But I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you're asking me, yes. I'm telling you. Trevor Lawrence is a generational quarterback prospect. And he's so handsome. Oh, the long <laughs> hair. He's like Tebow, but less annoying. And with accuracy and instincts and accuracy. Right. So he's nothing like Tebow, is what you're saying. <laughs> and he's not shoving the, the big oh, guy in your face all the time. Do the Broncos win any more games? I don't know who they play. They get to play the Panthers. Their next five are against the Patriots, Dolphins, Chiefs, Falcons, and Raiders. Wait, win any more games? Any more? Yes. The Broncos are, yeah, the Broncos are, I, I would say the Broncos are. With Brett Rippin with the undrafted QB? They haven't played the Raiders yet. They'll win one of those. They have two Raiders games. They have the Chargers twice and they have the Panthers. And that's, that's about and it. And the Dolphins. Yeah, they'll go three and 13. Oh, the Dolphins, yeah. No. Six and 10. Four and 12 tops. Ooh, six and 10. So they gotta win five. I'm not games. giving you six and 10. Yeah, that's a lot. With Drew, Drew Lock. Panthers, Lockers. Dolphins, split with Chargers, split with Raiders. That's five right there. Okay. The Panthers are not that bad. And the game's Drew, in Carolina. Drew Brees can't get hurt, and Jameis Winston throws 17 picks in, in, on uh Or 17 Panthers. touchdown passes, Brenton. Ooh. That's the first dunk of the game. <laughs> oh! The thing is, it never would have been a dunk if you ended when Debo asked you to 25 minutes later. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, though. All right, let's get out of here. Great show. Uh, we did discuss the Broncos for 35 seconds. And uh, remember, everyone... Wear a mask. You never know who you'll be around for portions of any given weekday evening. And you are helping them by wearing a mask when you interact in the same vicinity as they are. Have a great night. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey.